0: The Radical Up podcast is produced in partnership with AmericanFirearms.org. American Firearms' mission is to recommend what works. We believe everyone deserves access to unbiased, helpful information about firearms. And our buying guides, product reviews, and learning resources are designed to help real people find the stuff that will work best for them. Check us out at www.AmericanFirearms.org. Welcome back, listeners to Reddit Club Podcast. I'm here with Sophia, who goes by Fit for Fia. Now, if you don't know her, she is an amazing force to be reckoned with, and she's going to hear this all night for me. But she's the host of the She Shield Podcast, and she's one of those really positive gun influencers on social media, a big proponent of competition, concealed carry. Um, Sophia, what did I miss in your bio?
1: That was perfect. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. This is actually only the second podcast I've been a guest speaker on. So this is really exciting, unless I'm missing one. But um, I'm really happy to be here. I love what you're doing. And um, you, you pretty much got it all. I also personal train on the side. And uh, I just took a job with the Live Fire app. Um, it's an app for basically online instruction along with recording your progress with training. It has a social media feed, just pretty much everything you would ever need um, in a uh, training app. So that's kind of what I'm doing. That's very new. That's new as as in like yesterday new. So no one would really know that at this point. But yeah, that was a great intro. Thank you so much for that. Oh, gosh, thanks for coming
0: on. I'm super excited. There's Not many females, I would say that meet expectations or blow them out of the water in the the gun industry. They're mostly the gun bunnies. And so I just have to take a second to say thank you for putting out content that saves women's lives, prepares them mentally, physically for, you know, if they need to carry a gun, use it. And um, just, I think the world of you. So thanks for coming on the podcast. I'm excited to have you here.
1: Thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to meeting you in person, whether that be before SHOT Show or at SHOT Show. So that's going to be really exciting. And I I agree, there are a lot of pages out there that are more focused on, you could say, the aesthetic side and um, not so much the training, the practical approach. And, you know, sometimes that's because those influencers don't know about what training is necessary, but others are kind of there for maybe something else. And sometimes they're honest about that, upfront about that, sometimes they're not. But um, my goal is just to kind of show all sides of it from the hand-to-hand combat world to the uh, weapons-based entanglement all the way to competition shooting, uh, making myself just a more prepared citizen at the end of the day and inspiring others in the meantime. It's kind of why I'm there. So thank you so much for acknowledging that.
0: Oh, absolutely. And you've checked those boxes big time. So uh, good job for you. Um, Let's actually (laughs) dive in. I want to dive in because into the podcast world. And that's one of the biggest things that there's not a lot of female um, podcasters, but also like just people that are very personable and can interview people. Again, we've never met, even though I feel like we know each other, but um, (laughs) I want to know why, why did you start a podcast and how did that even come about?
1: Yeah, that's a lovely question. And uh, I love talking about She Shield. It's kind of uh, my biggest passion. So happy to tell you about that. Um, I actually started it with a good friend of mine at the time. We were just on the phone, and I was like, man, I really wish this conversation was recorded because this could really help some people out that aren't aware of all the nuances in the world of self defense and um, even the gun community. And she was like, yeah, no, I wish I I wish we could do that too. And I was like, well, holy shit. Like, what if we started a podcast? We we could just kind of put this into action and move forward. And we did. So uh, She Shield uh, is originally called She Shield because we were two females sharing the perspective from the female perspective. And um, it's not just for females though. So if you're listening and you're a gentleman, you can absolutely head over there. It has, um, it's very, Uh, very much for both sides, but we do talk about specifics when it comes to women's defense. And it's kind of turned into a guest speaker podcast with me as now the sole host of it. Um, I have people that are experts in their um, specialized areas. Come on and talk about their origin story along with what they do. So I just had you on today. That was really exciting. So if you want to hear Kinsey get interviewed, uh, you can absolutely head over to that episode. It'll probably be in the the 60s um, when it comes to the episode number, but uh, look out for that episode as well if you want to hear her interviewed. And um, yeah, that's kind of the origin story there. And then Fit for Fia began as actually my fitness journey. So I started sharing um, my journey as an undergraduate studying uh, biochemistry and kinesiology. I started a blog, which I don't say this a lot, but it was called Balancing Books and Barbells, balancing studying and per- like training in the gym, which was probably something I shouldn't have been talking about because I trained a lot more than I studied. Even though <laughs> I graduated with honors, I would much prefer being in the gym over anything. So I tried to create a blog, not only to like inspire myself to learn more about the topic, but to inspire others to um try to find the balance with both. And being pre-med, I was subjected to so many students who did nothing for their personal health. It was all about studying 12, 15 hour days. And while I joined them some of those days, I would always take time to go to the gym and they thought I was crazy. So I wanted to create a place where I could start that conversation. And once I started posting about my Brazilian Jiu Jitsu journey and my gun journey, that kind of blew up and it became this page about everything I do to be a more prepared citizen for self protection mhm,
0: yeah, and I think that's something that a lot of people miss, which we'll dive into is like the fitness side, um which also helps with like mental clarity and just having like that positivity because you're you know increasing that serotonin level, which i don 't want to ramble too much into that, but I think that's um gonna be interesting to dive into the the podcast stuff too is something where. It's hard to be consistent and the fact that you're going to be in the 60s is awesome. You know, what for you have you learned about podcasting along the way that you kind of want to share? Maybe if someone's listening that wants to start a podcast or maybe just likes listening to them, like, what does this behind the scenes look like?
1: Absolutely. So podcasting is one of those things I stumbled in the dark through. Luckily, we have YouTube. You can pretty much learn anything on YouTube, including full languages at this point. Um, at this point, I've had so many people ask me I've created a document with a step by step on how to get started because there are so many steps and pieces and nuances so for those interested uh determining what your goal is, you know like why do you why do you feel your voice needs to be heard? I think that's an important thing to consider if that's strictly for entertainment, that's great. It doesn't have to be some life changing thing and um, I listen to probably three podcasts on rotation for strictly entertainment purposes. So if that's it, that's valid. If that's uh, what you want to do, if it's to educate people on firearms, you can do that. Uh, On competition uh, division specialties, whatnot, what you do, that's all perfect. So determine your purpose and then determine uh, what you can balance with what you're currently doing in your life. If if you work a full-time job, you may only be able to Uh, Let out an episode a month. If you're like Kinsey, you do once a week from the beginning. So um, that's really—I'd say—that's the next thing. Determine a reasonable frequency and then stick with that consistency. Um, I've definitely had a few episodes that went out late. We're—you know—we're all human. Um, Not saying that you've done that, but oh yeah, uh, try to be as consistent as possible. uh, Once you determine what that frequency looks like for you, and then start separate social media pages for that, and then just do everything you can to promote. Your podcast, social media is truly the best way to do that nowadays. Um, And podcasting is a very sought after long form content um, uh, type that it's becoming more popular. So it's a great time to start a podcast. And I know a lot of people say like everyone has a podcast now, but to them I say yes. And that's great. That's how it should be. It's like having a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. So absolutely go for it. And uh, what I've learned since starting it is Uh, how to become one, a better interviewer, which I'm still learning a lot about, Two is like filler words, like filler words. There we go. Um, So words that uh, that I maybe shouldn't say as much. I've noticed my vocabulary is limited in some areas. I've had to try expanding that a little bit. So it's been very a very humbling process. That we're getting super vulnerable here. uh, That's been like that side of it. Otherwise, I learned so much from the guest speakers. And you look like you want to say something. Do you do you get what I'm saying? Like do you? resonate with it. Yes. I'm trying not to cry, but there's a, a buddy that I,
0: <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to blame. I'm going to tell him uh, HD gold, Brian, his podcast. It's been so annoying. I think I wanted to do, have like a drinking game for one of his pod or for a series of his podcasts. He would always say, what does that look like for every single question? He would say like something, what does that look like? And I'm like, Oh my God, I got to the point where I couldn't listen to it anymore. And then I started saying, what does that look like? And so I laugh, but you know, I think that quirkiness of like listening to a podcast so often is like you pick up on that. And so when you're saying all these things, I'm like, yep, yep.
1: Eh. yep. Absolutely. You absolutely get it. And it's okay that it takes a little bit of time. Um, oh, did I freeze?
0: Yep. Oh, you're you're back now.
1: Okay. Sorry. I was trying to increase like very subtle. Nope. <laughs> Sorry. I was trying to suddenly increase my brightness and it didn't work. It totally like called me out. What the heck? Look great. How rude. Okay, sorry. <laughs> we were having some light issues uh, before this. So um, hopefully it's not terrible. Okay, coming back. Um, sorry about that. So um, yes, listening back, there's the ums I just said, all the ums to prove my point. But uh, it's always nice to use episodes as... A resource to improve your speaking and anyway, way, um, whether that be filler words or just vocabulary. I'm totally with you on that. That's hilarious. And yeah, there are some podcasts where the way they ask questions, I, I either love it and that's why I listen or sometimes I'm like, okay, we get it. Like what's coming up? So that's something I try to focus on too when I listen back. Like am I being redundant? Am I adding anything unique from episode to episode? So yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, there's a story there.
0: What's your um, three favorite podcasts that you mentioned? That's kind of like your entertainment podcast. I kind of want to know.
1: Absolutely. So I'm a big true crime person, which I try, I, I've kind of been putting out there. I've been nervous to share that. I don't want people to think that I use that as a means to kind of like support my like view of, you know, why people should carry. I think everyone should have the option to not carry as much as they have the option to carry. So I don't tell everyone to get a gun, but it does help when it comes like, I hear a lot of situations in these episodes about like times where women could have absolutely used a firearm to balance the playing field. And those, so those podcasts I mentioned are a morbid podcast. Have you heard of it? It's, Mm -mm. um, well, okay, so one of the, the hosts, it's two hosts. They One is a autopsy technician. The other is a hairdresser, but they, they're they related and they're hilarious. And I just love their flow. They're super respectful to the victims of the crimes that are discussed. Um, the next one is Sinisterhood Podcast. It is a psychologist and a lawyer. So I love the deep dives they do into cases. Um, they're also hilarious. So all of these are true crime comedy, which sounds like, an oxymoron almost but it's like it truly is kind of like telling these stories in the sense like the only times that they make fun of anyone is if the murderer is like an, a bad looking guy sometimes they'll be like they'll like you know attack his looks. something like that like that's that or they'll just like make jokes about I don't know it's it's really hard to explain. If you've never listened to true crime true crime comedy, you might even think I'm you know an insane person. But it's absolutely worth it. And then the third one is called My Favorite Murder, and it's with two actual comedians. Um, but the way they tell the stories is wonderful, and a lot of these are also like ghost stories and even just like I survived stories and uplifting stories. It's not all just like Sally got murdered, and these are the details. You know, so. Yeah. Those are the, those are the three. Yeah. Do you have a top three you listen to?
0: Yeah. Mine is totally on the other side of things. Um, so I pick out the ones I want to listen to from Joe Rogan of like, if there's a guest that I'm interested in and his are like, you know, three hours long. So I think it's fun, but yes, um, you know, I am probably the biggest book nerd ever. Uh, but I did totally listen to like, the Jack Carr episode that he'd had on there. And in the top three podcasts is the Danger Close podcast with Jack Carr. And what his his are interesting because he interviews some really like heavy experts in whatever niche they're in. And they're very interesting people. And of course, a lot of them have that military background, that special forces background, what have you. Um, but those two episodes or those two podcasts I love. And then the weird one Um, is armchair expert and I love Dax Shepard he's comedian actor whatever Mm -hmm. but he interviews like big-time celebrities which I'm not a fan of so much of the celebrity of people um, but like he interviewed Mm -hmm. Jimmy Fallon and Sophia Bush and I'm not I hate Sophia Bush's uh, political stuff the long story short of it though is that those stories of how someone made the big break or like Jimmy Fallon talked about he knew he wanted to get into Saturday Night Live he wanted his you know. Own show and I don't know for me like yeah we've talked about this like podcasting stories and just hearing how people got to where they are is like a very inspirational thing to me. So like armchair expert, I mean he had Robert Downey Jr. on. I just I could listen to some of these stories about where people started because people just think some people just made it, you know, made it in the world that they're in overnight, right? Or like oh they were already in. No, some of these people. (laughs) Chris Pratt's a great example was. Waiting tables or lived out of, you know, off a couch or whatever. And so, um, those, those stories, those
1: podcasts are really inspirational for me.
0: That's my guilty pleasure. Yeah,
1: absolutely. No, I'm with you on that. and I, I love podcasts. It gives you an opportunity to get other things done and not like it doesn't visually ca- capture you and, and keep you in, you know, that cataconic state that movies and shows can. So I'm glad you found some that sound a little bit more informative and, and inspirational than true crime. So that's really cool. And I'll have to check out the armchair expert, especially. It sounds really intriguing to me. So,
0: yeah, yeah, that's a fun one. Um, all sorts of people that you would know and recognize and you went, they, they even have, Little short episodes of what they call like arm cherries. So like their fans, they'll mm-hmm. uh, ask questions of of any if anyone has a story about X Y Z. And like their fans, yes. submit and I'll have fans on. So it's like kind of cute. Like their their episode series are are very different in what they interview. Um, not just big time celebs, but some other episodes too. Right, fun.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Yes, the true crime podcast do that too. They'll have listeners write in. They're like their hometown murders or ghost stories. My favorites are like they'll ask for a specific thing. last thing I'll say about this, like the other day they asked for like trash dad stories for like dads that just like did a terrible job at raising kids. And, you know, they're not like meaning to be, but they just do dumb stuff. Like one went out, one kid went out in the yard and like ate a bunch of mushrooms. And when they asked the dad, like, why did you let her go? And he was like, well, she was being super quiet. So I thought she was okay out there on her own. Stuff like that. That's just really funny, uplifting. Not what you would maybe think a true crime podcast has to offer, but. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, I'll leave that podcasting wrong because we could talk about that forever. <laughs> and switch yes, gears. absolutely. Um, but yes. you mentioned. Yeah, I think I mean, obviously, we've all I I mean, we like true crime. I've watched TV shows like that documentary series. I think we all not an obsession. But but it is like, crazy that we watch these things. But these things are happening, right? There, there's human trafficking happening right now. There's serial killers out there. So I say all that with a stern, like, point of view is like, why do you concealed carry Sophia? Like, how did you even get into wanting to own a gun wanting to protect yourself? Was there a catalyst? Or was this just something you always thought you needed to do?
1: great question i I always uh hesitate a little bit telling this story because it truly is personal, but i'm I'm down for it won't get into the nitty gritty details but um i my journey in martial arts started when I was thirteen. I was put in a situation where I felt um, I was in danger my life was in danger actually a few times by someone who's really close to me and I ended up starting in this traditional style martial arts called kuxuan. Um It was probably the most American martial arts cash grabby place you could ever sign your kid up for. But you know, it empowered me for a little bit until I realized none of it was practical. Like I was seeing these fights on TV and some on YouTube, and I was like, okay, I don't know what the hell I would do in that situation. So started jiu-jitsu, um, got into that, loved the idea of learning how to fight on the floor. I noticed even like in sparring in class, we would end up on the floor and then we would stop And the like, they'd stop the timer, everyone would stand up. It was stupid, right? Because you can't do that on the street. So I ended up getting into something called Musouwan, Um, which, funny story, Kuksoon and Musawan are two traditional martial arts from Korea. And they, are, they were essentially split. The two grandmasters of the both martial arts styles were brothers, and they actually, like, split up into their own disciplines. And in this small town, I w- was... Uh, Raised in, I found a Musawan gym while I was in Kukusouwan, and I switched over to Musawan and those two instructors were like best friends, had gone into... Business, not business school. I was gonna say business school. Business together. They then split off, and one went into Musawan while the other stayed in Kukso. So, so literally, like repeating history. It was kind of crazy. I thought that was like so funny. Um, they didn't think it was that funny, but I, I did. So I switched over to Musawan. My instructor was also Krav Maga certified. We did Krav Maga, and that's where I like held my first gun. Right, it was a plastic blue gun that we trained Krav Maga situations with, and he would tell us to like tap and rack when we got the gun away from the other person. And I was like, okay, so I would like tap the gun. And I would like, I would like, I would like do like the motion that I saw on like TV or like whatever he was doing, I guess. But I was like, what the hell do I do? Do I just fix the gun on the person and pretend I know how to use it? Like they're going to know, you know, like I'm going to probably have a shitty grip and, um, they're going to like, know I am a fraud and is it going to go off? What are all these like parts? So I began getting curious and I had started Muay Thai at the same time. So while I started Muay Thai, I reached out to a, a friend who was teaching like sniper instruction level classes at his, um, I, I don't know what to call it, but he was on the national guard. So wherever he was stationed, I i don't know. Anyway, um, called him was like, Hey man, will you take me shooting? Um, backstory is I taught in violin in high school. I started a program with my sister where we taught kids that couldn't afford their own private lessons. So he was actually one of my previous students because she and I have played violin since we were five. So we were able to like teach high school kids that started when they were like, I don't know, 16, you know, and like didn't, well, not that's, that's not right. I guess they started in junior high. So whatever that is, but anyway, we started that program and Uh, he was a good friend. He said, call me if you need anything. So I called him and was like, teach me how to shoot. And he did. So I ended up getting curious about concealed carry, bought my first little holster, um, realized how uncomfortable it really was and how uh, the only thing I'd conceal in was like jeans and a t-shirt. And then I started, I honestly would just carry it, like not really even knowing how to draw it properly, not knowing anything about weapons-based entanglement, so applying kind of like jiu-jitsu, grappling, wrestling, whatever, to a a fight where someone's trying to get a hold of your gun. Uh, I didn't know anything about marksmanship. I mean, I was very, very new to the point where when I signed up for my concealed carry licensure course, I freaked out because I wasn't sure if I'd pass the qual. So once I got my license, I shared that on social media. I shared my first gun, which is a Glock 43X. I still carry it. I'm actually wanting to move on to the P365 XL, maybe even the macro. I need to compare the XXL macro before I choose, but I'd like something that's that can take the the um, hollow sun EPS that I have sitting in my cabinet because my um, 43X does not support a red dot, so. Um, but I'm too cheap to buy one yet, so I've been holding out. <laughs> Not too cheap; just spend money on like other things, like ammo. So moving on. So trying to like give this to you as quickly as possible. And then I um, started like reaching out on social media to a bunch of other creators. I met uh, Tessa of Armed and Styled. She and I were in similar places with like following, and um, her content was and still is very inspirational to me. And she got back to me like right away when I would ask her questions. And I started getting all this feedback from the community. Of course, I'm a woman with a gun in my hand. So that's always, you know, enticing to certain demographics. But I, um, for the most part, have kept my page uh, as modest and feminine. That's kind of like the balance I've tried to keep as possible. And ever since, I've just, I feel like I was just shunted into this journey of like how to become the best uh, armed civilian that I could. And then I went off to med school and kind of put that journey on a break. realized like had major FOMO in med school was sitting and studying for 12, 15 hour days kind of fell away from like everything I loved. It it was very, very stressful. And um, I got to a point where I just called my family one day and I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Like I I think I'm going to transition out. There's so much I want to do in the world of firearms and women's safety. And I, I think that's what I was really meant for. And I did it. I like, I literally just emailed my, one of my like I don't know med school director people and was like hi I won't be returning in the spring sorry I like wrote my study group and I was like sorry guys I won't be coming back and I went into a master's program for um kinesiology exercise science and started doing that while building back up my social media and um now I like we basically I finished my master's didn't even go to my graduation graduated but didn't go to the ceremony excuse me um I need to stop saying I didn't go to my graduation because it sounds like I didn't get my master's I can't I have said that to so many people now that I think about it (laughs) anyway I didn't go to my ceremony and then I moved across the state renovated a house got married um and now I'm here just accepted a new job with live fire app so that's where we're at. That's the, that's the full update. Awesome.
0: Um, No, I wanted to hear, hear all that and learn all of that because it sounds to me like, I think that the bare minimum, I'm impressed that you just carried a gun period. I know that's not what we want as instructors, right? We want people that know how to shoot them, how to draw, who practices dry fire and live fire, but at the very bare minimum, having a tool that makes you equal to men or equal to someone that's greater than your strength or what have you, it just, it's a good tool to have. And so and, and the hardest part, too, is even people that are trained, people that come through my classes, have taken my permit class, go get their permit, and they still don't carry on their body, or they don't carry it around in the chamber. And I'm like, oh, I just want to set myself on fire. Like, I don't know if i
1: to make this happen. Um, yes. So kudos to you
0: for at least putting it on and wearing it uh, uncomfortable and all. So good job. <laughs>
1: yes, thank you. I totally understand what you mean. I really yep.
0: do. And, um, yes. I'm curious too, do you remember, maybe you do, maybe you don't, do you remember how many variations of holsters you tried, belts you tried, clothing options to get to where you are now? Because I'm curious if it's similar to kind of where I'm at.
1: <laughs> I Yes. Yeah, so it's actually still a constant process of figuring it out. I have some holsters that work really well for me, but I, I still switch it up a lot. So for anyone listening who feels maybe like discouraged because you're going through a similar challenge just know you're not alone and it makes sense that like our bodies change with time our style changes with time so why wouldn't our concealed carry setup change with time whether that be the position of the firearm on our body or the holster the gun whatever that may be so i yes i probably i have this entire i'm like looking at it over here i have this like kind of like plastic dresser that's like three-tiered and it's filled to the brim with different holsters and that's yeah yep yeah and I'm very thankful for the brands that were willing to send me things over the years because I like would have definitely gone broke had I purchased all of these on my own. But I've had the pleasure of working with Standard Co. USA, uh, Tier 1, Filster Holsters is obviously... Not obviously, I'm sorry that I say that, but may, someone may not know that. That's, that's my big shtick on my page. And then recently, I've really enjoyed Crossbreed. They came out with their uh, modular waist band I think and their mini tuck and that um that looked really enticing to me I actually wrote them and I was like hey I I'm not asking you to pay me to post but would you just send this to me I'm very interested so I've been playing around with that there are a few um things about it I haven't quite figured out and it really just depends kind of on the the outfit, and more importantly like the the pants of the outfit, and where the hem is it the hem line or just like the belt line falls on me okay. if it's at if it's like low mid high waisted yeah um and then also the the type of shirt, but I go through a lot of phases of dressing around a gun and dressing uh putting a gun into my outfit and kind of like the reverse side of that. I know there's a lot out there people say a lot about shouldn't have to dress around a gun if your concealment technique is right, but there are certain things you can do to make your concealment more seamless and therefore therefore put you in a situation where you have the element of surprise in case someone is kind of eyeing you and moving in to attack you. You have that ability to um, kind of determine where and when they see that you have a pistol. So yeah, that's our long-winded answer to that. So
0: No, yeah, that's that's what I asked because I look at my bin and I'm like, yep. Um, but I was going to say- oh, you have a bin? <laughs> it, well, it's the same thing. It's like they, for years, been testing, yeah. working with different companies. I mean, I manage social media for two different holster brands now, um, right yeah. for Crossbreed. So yeah, I have all of this gear, which I love. Yeah. And um, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about uh, still with that is, I have four different guns that I like to either carry or have set up for different carry methods. And so there's the modular holster, there's inside the waistband with clips, there's a backpack carry that I have when I hike, there's so all of that to say, how proficient are you at dry firing and live firing that gun from if you change it up from three o'clock to appendix to in a, you know, what you call it, fanny pack, like I know you a little bit, and I know your content, but how is it important for people listening that if they change even one little thing, whether it's an optic, a holster, different bag, if they're going to do like off body, how important is it for them to train with that setup?
1: Absolutely. That's a great question. It's incredibly important. It's, it's one of those things that comes with the the trade. Um, I feel like it's kind of hard to tell people what they should and shouldn't do because i think people kind of already have decided where they're at with the effort and the finances that they're willing to put towards training um but i feel like it is i i'm in a place where i can say there's no excuse not to train especially if like say let's start with the first one um if you've kind of decided you're in a place where you're accepting that you don't want to train Um, you're not willing to do that, then you have to understand the consequences that come with that. Right. And when it comes to finances, you can always dry fire. Uh, There are solutions, especially there are many influencers that share costly um, examples of holsters and things you can kind of rig, even like wedges you can build from like yoga blocks, like a, a $5 yoga block, instead of buying like the, the fancy wedge kits. There are so many things you can do to fit within your financial just your budget. Um it's incredibly important. And actually tomorrow morning I'm going to my my home range. They allow me to go in before anyone else is on the range. So before it opens, I get to go in there and train and make content. Um, so far I've just been going and training because I haven't felt like my training is content worthy. Um, but tomorrow I'm hoping to film a little bit and post a little bit about that. But I'm taking my Filster Enigma, I'm taking my clip and belt system. Um, and what I mean by that for people listening that are nude, basically just the holster with clips that clip onto a belt inside the waistband, like your very standard inside the waistband carry system. I'm taking my fanny pack, I'm taking my backpack, I'm taking everything that I potentially might carry in, and I'm training with that live. Um, but what I do before I go out, and this is just a great way to get like a few reps in, whether that be like five reps or you know, 50 reps. I will train pulling from that outfit because while the setup may be the same, so say it's the Filster Enigma, which I wear probably 80% of the time, maybe 75% of the time, um, I will still have a shirt that has a different length to it, the concealment garment might be of a different fabric, and that will always notoriously feel different to pull up and get out of your way to pull the weapon. So having those like little five to 50 reps before I leave always one makes me feel more comfortable and two will make me a more competent protector of myself and my family.
0: Yeah, no great points all around. Um, I learned the hardware hard way. I had this like camisole that had the smallest bit of lace on the bottom of it. And it 100% got stuck on a clip. And like, I was like, cool. Glad I noticed that before I started wearing that and it went into the trash immediately. Like there's no way I can trust you know, that not to hang up. So I, and I love your videos. I see your blue gun that you use and show people like how you set up. Yeah. Getting dressed in the morning. So we'll talk about that at the end of like social media. But if you're, if you've got an excuse out of your mouth about how you can't carry a gun, somehow go follow Sophia and she will take all
1: of those away. (laughs) Thank you. I really appreciate that. It's true. I appreciate it. And definitely I'd say if you're kind of more of a women woman excuse me and you want more of like that perspective I'd, I'd like to just shout out at armed in style tessa and at um tat girl michelle they both have kind of like smaller frames and they share some really great alternatives to maybe what i do with my my frame even though our like our modes of carry are very similar so yeah,
0: yeah. But it definitely is a work of progress of like trying to find what works for you. And, you know, you and I are very fortunate that we get to work with brands for sure. And so for those people, maybe not as fortunate, you know, if they're looking for something right. for them, what maybe some couple of recommendations you could give them to try or that might work for them or like have them go maybe test out in a store if there's different sizes. Do you have anything off the top of your head?
1: Absolutely. So are you are you mostly asking holster recommendations or are you asking how to talk to brands?
0: Oh, I would say holster recommendations and like belly band recommendations. Okay. Simple for them. If they only have a certain budget and yeah. maybe they try two to three, um, what do you think?
1: Absolutely. So instead of maybe talking about brands first, I'll just talk about some things that are requirements. If you are going to say like stick to a, a lower budget and go and buy like an Amazon belly band as opposed to buying something that's already made particularly for that, like the modular belly band, even though I think that's actually very reasonably priced. I just want to put that out there. Um, so not to like mislead anyone. If you're listening, you're like, Oh, that must be super expensive. I actually don't think it's that bad, but it's all relative. Right. Yeah. So, um, the first big thing is the, uh, trigger protection. So making sure there is a hard piece of pl- plastic, like Kydex covering the, uh, the trigger guard, on your pistol when you are housing your pistol and, um, ensuring that that holster is made specifically for the exact pistol you have down to the model and make, I'm not getting anything that has flimsy fabric. Um, and is, I I think the biggest thing I want to just preface all of this with is that companies just want you to buy their shit. It's normally not a, um you're going to be safer and that's why we like it, it depends right of course i i feel like some companies are they're more focused on the safety than they are the marketing but they also have like they're not all non none of them are non-profit they all have to survive they all are backed by people with jobs and homes and families to feed. So um, really be careful with things that are marketed towards you. Even even things that Kenzie and I recommend to you today are things you need to look into yourself because that's what's been good for us, but it may not be good for you. So going back, the trigger guard is one of the biggest things. Um, The other thing is retention, Um, both retention pushing into you like that of a belt pushing into a holster and belt retention, I'm sorry, excuse me, uh, holster retention in the actual receptacle that the holster is in, right? So if that's inside the waistband with clips, are the clips sturdy enough to keep the holster from coming up with your gun in a concealed carry draw? So a really good example of a clip alternative, if you do buy a holster off of Amazon, and it's, you know, a holster off of Amazon, and you want to improve the plastic clips, you can buy something like discrete carry concept clips. They're not that expensive for a pack of two. You can just use a simple um, screwdriver to screw out the old clips and then screw in the discrete carry concept clips. And now you have a sturdier um, holster. And also just know that like holsters can be altered. So like when I got my um, modular belly band, in from crossbreed, I had to adjust my holster a little bit. I had to like reach out to customer service and I had to like heat it up with a hairdryer. So it's always, it's not always a one size fits all. It may not come to you at a hundred percent, even though, you know, the brand is highly revered. So just keeping that in mind, making sure the retention is safe, not just like kind of putting your faith into a brand 100%, not being afraid to mix and match, you know, that holster from Amazon with the discreet carry concept clip set up. So all of those things, I would say, are the most important thing to ensure that you don't harm yourself as the concealed carry user. Ultimately, the goal is for you to stay safer and be protected. And if you're having to worry about accidentally um, shooting yourself or others, you know, whether or not you're around others uh, is the last thing you should have to think about. So the Filster Enigma is probably the biggest thing. Um, the the like top holster I recommend, um, it's essentially a complete inside the waistband concealment belt it also has a leg leash so it gives you the vertical retention as well as kind of the horizontal retention i'm sure they use other um you know terms for that but that's kind of how i see it so when you pull your gun up the leg leash keeps the holster from moving upwards when you um walk and to keep the holster pushed in you have the the belt system so it's a complete internal system meaning it doesn't have to be clipped onto anything um it is really helpful though to have a belt to add added pressure to the outside and therefore more retention to the setup um crossbreed makes great holsters i'm pretty sure they're like everywhere now i they're at my home range i know and um they have excellent customer service for questions but there any of their holsters are are great of course make sure it works for you and test it out is probably the biggest thing I would say. Um, I'll talk about that in a second, but I do want to just shout out, if you're interested in outside the waistband holsters, upper hand holsters is like my favorite brand. Um, what they do is they they make their holsters very contoured to your body. So it really helps with concealability. If that's something you want to do. I've been working with them since I started concealing. And I they're my go-to for anything outside the waistband. I don't even like, I don't I honestly haven't, um, even like wanted to work with any other brand when it comes to outside the waistband, uh, except for, you know, competition shooting stuff. But um, Mm -hmm. another one is Standard Co USA. Um, They're great. And uh, I know now you can even order some of their holsters with discrete carry concept clips or ulti clips, like on the holster when it comes in. So tier one does that as well. So all those brands are great. Um, They have good reputations in the industry. Sorry, I'm going to drink this water. You're
0: You're good while she's doing that, I was going to say the biggest thing that stood out to me is all of this is you do have to find what works for you. Like, I don't care if we're telling you what we carry, what holsters we use, what gun we use, what optics, it doesn't matter. So we're just telling you options and things to look at. But at the end of the day, it has to be fit for you, work for you. You have to love it, be comfortable with it because you do need to carry it every day. So these are all good points. Just use them as recommendations and starting points and then figure out if it'll work for you.
1: Absolutely. Yes. That was great. That was very well said and um when it comes to testing retention, of obviously like there's a simple shake test you can put your blue gun or you completely unloaded check twice <laughs> unloaded gun in uh your holster and just literally see if it'll shake out. That's pretty good. Um I like to go somewhere with like jujitsu mats and just a soft flooring or even like in my living room with the the carpet and test out the retention of a holster, doing things like bridges, bridging up on the wall, like doing like back rolls on the floor, kind of like the back roll and seeing if the holster shifts on me or if the gun falls out or anything like that. And of course, like training weapons-based entanglement with your setup at some course, like the, you know, extreme close corner concepts course taught by Craig Douglas, something like that, where you are having to stress test your gear is always preferred instead of kind of just trusting the system and being complacent. So I'd say like, that's probably the biggest thing out of all of this, no matter your setup. Yep. Yep.
0: Um, And how much has like the competition world kind of solidified, maybe some of your like gear choices or the retention that you're talking about? Like how have you been able to kind of test these out in different scenarios, especially, well, we don't run as much with guns unless you're a three gunner like I am where we run with pistols holstered, but you know, how much is that a test of all of that?
1: Great question. So that's actually something I'm still discovering for full transparency. I've only shot six matches. I have an outside the waistband setup through Black Scorpion. I don't work with them. I just uh, they're they're very fairly priced and they're on Amazon. So I just ordered it and actually ended up having to buy three belts because I couldn't get my freaking size right. Oh. Um, but. The setup has been okay. I didn't realize how much you had to kind of like maintain your gear. Um, I, I did have a moment and I think this was a, a an error on my part, not setting the holster up right, but there was a B and I started to run away and my instructor still makes fun of me for this, but my holster flipped upside down because it was missing an entire screw and my gun fell out and then I kicked the gun in front of me. And thank God I wasn't loaded, which like now, when I step off the line, I have my I unload my gun. I just get to a point where i'm like i'm I don't want that to ever happen again. I was lucky that that was the case um so that at first I was like, "dang, like I shouldn't have bought this you know particular brand, and then I realized like there was an entire screw missing, so I had to find that part, and I think when I took it out of the bag, it just literally like what either that or it didn't come with it, but you really have to kind of do your own quality assurance with some stuff. That's been interesting. I've been wanting to shoot competition style inside the waistband though. I think that would be a really cool test. I mean, you have to consider that that is most likely not how you're going to be attacked. You're not going to have a guy 20 yards from you. This is really dramatic. um, Running towards you in slow motion. So you can pull and, and shoot, right? Like it's, it's most likely going to be close quarters Um, someone that is either ambushing you or has closed space quicker than you could uh, account for. So, I mean, as far as that helping you as a concealed carrier, there's so many benefits to it. Marksmanship is obviously important. Gun handling comfort with your gun um, being aware of like your muzzle direction. So many benefits from concealed carry for concealed carry, um, but never to replace obviously that like, zero to five foot range training. I kind of went on a tangent there. You're mostly asking about, um, like testing gear, right?
0: Well, no, I mean, like, I think that going on to the tangent about how, how competition does help with certain things. It is not the end all be all. It is not the CQB training. Like you're talking mm-hmm. like, so just keep
1: going. I'm, I'm with you, sister. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, that's, that's probably the main thing I wanted to say about that. Uh, if you want to take it to the next level and train inside the waistband, more power to you. I'm gonna do it. Um that's actually how Tessa Varman styled. Um she recently came on my show, so i she's kind of been on the kind of the top of my mind here. But she started inside the waistband, she's kind of moved to more of a competition uh ready setup. So um it's been interesting watching her journey. She talks a little bit about that in that episode, but um I, I think there are a lot of benefits. The people that give you the, any black and white answers at all in, in the gun worlds, any left or right. Extremist view of anything probably shouldn't be listening to them. One, um, but there are also probably people that just are unaware, uneducated and um, like the full spectrum of benefits from competition shooting. I, I honestly started because I got to a place where I was like, I don't know where my marksmanship is at, and like, how many of you go to a range and shoot and actually like measure the distance between the the bullet the the um, that the target. Punctures, what am I trying to say the impact of yeah. the the yeah. targets, <laughs> thank you, yes, um, how many of you like actually measure that, take pictures, compare right? so competition gives you that outlet to go show up, shoot, and then see your scores like almost the same day and compare your progress and also just meet so many amazing people, which I know you and I talked about that a little bit. That's one of the things reasons you do it, so I know you get that, Kinzie um has it helped you in any way as a concealed carrier
0: yeah so I did um I'll say this to preface that is I went to gun this year and yeah. did a class and learned um not learn well I did learn but I I knew the differences kind of between like competition and like the CQB and the tactical and defensive stuff but I learned how much my competition side has allowed me to not think about getting a gun out out and up quickly. So for me, like I do dry fire and I live fire with inside the waistband, appendix and all of that. And so even though we were shooting a different gun that I'm not used to, it's like the mechanics were there. Okay. Like you hear beep or you see the target, they have the turners at gun sight, So you see that reaction and nice. I- Don't even think about support hand coming up to my stomach, you know, I'm pulling up the clothing or whatever I'm clearing and I have an aggressive clearance. Like, I know it sounds ridiculous, but we were with a bunch of females, but it's like Mm -hmm. if I pull up high, like whatever, like I'm here to save my life. And the aggressivity is something that competition shooting taught me. So women naturally that I have a lot of my students are not aggressive enough. They don't attack you know they can't see this paper target as the threat because they're not in that world but that is what it's going to be like so competition shooting for me has perfected mechanics reloads i don't even think about where the mag release is you know and i'm i'm back on target um but yeah like so for again we cannot recreate that like situation that we're ever going to find ourselves in if we ever do but it's something where i don't have to think about the gun mechanics the safety of it the drawing um it's just going to be, what am I going to do and react when the time
1: comes? I don't know. <laughs> absolutely. No, that's absolutely understandable. And I, I like that you mentioned clearing the concealment garment because it, it feels different live than it does in dry fire. So I, I like that you're getting out there and, and doing that and also encouraging women to be more aggressive. That's absolutely awesome. I-
0: Welcome back, listeners. For those on YouTube, you're getting a little exclusive peek behind the scenes. <laughs> uh, Sophia has changed backgrounds, changed clothes. I faked it and put on the same outfit, but uh, we had some technical <laughs> problems between the two of us. And um, we're re-recording the second half of this podcast. So if there's like a little weird gap or whatever, just go with the flow.
1: Absolutely yes, we're going with the flow. So you you just come along with us, listener. I feel like you're in Star Wars right now. But anyways, <laughs> uh, I feel like I am, <laughs> and they really just cool. changed this background. So if you if you're not seeing this, I'm in the Live Fire Studio. Their headquarters in uh, Oklahoma, and they basically have the equivalent of an ESPN newsroom for a, a basically a firearms content recording studio for training. So. You you can't even like see the other half of this, but even like this, the little you can see, I mean, it's the coolest place ever. And I love that I get to work here.
0: That's awesome. So picking up, I know where we left off is we talked a lot about our like competition side of stuff and how we both been to training. So you asked me about like my experience at gun sight of like what kind of helped me on the gun handling side of things that really didn't have to think about in terms of like life and death training. Um, So what's been your experience, you know, taking classes um, and what have you learned about yourself along the way?
1: Ooh, loaded. (laughs) Okay. So I'll start with my experience with kind of like combatives. So it's very limited. I will say that I started at, you know, alongside my martial arts journey, I began getting curious about weapons-based entanglement and I basically got to the point where I was like, I don't want to know what to do if someone truly ambushed me and got in that zero to five foot range of me, and then I had to pull out my gun and present it. All I knew was to like pull and present, pull and present, all the way out. So that in between is was always a big question for me. So training with Craig Douglas of Shivworks was like a life changing moment. So as far as like how that was for me as an individual in development, it was incredibly humbling, exciting, and terrifying all in one, <laughs> and like. I also bonded with those people. Like I remember everyone that was there in full details, like a flashbulb memory of those three days. And the story I've, I think I've already kind of told you before Kinsey is when I was at the first day, um, I actually, it was kind of a rough night. I was having really bad stomach issues and we basically went outside and I was like, I was confused. Cause we had this whole indoor space, but we went outside onto the pavement or not pavement. I guess it was kind of like dirt. Right earth and we <laughs> were told to practice managing unknown contacts which includes verbalization someone approaches you and you kind of take control of the situation you're like hey i need you to stand back hey stop right there um and utilizing your voice like you think it's going to be okay and it's not going to be difficult but it was actually really fucking tough and the 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 guy that was my partner was this really kind man that like came to class late he found out there was a spot open with um within like, I don't know, maybe three hours to get there. And I think he was exactly three hours away. He said he threw everything in the car and just drove. And he's he walks in the class. He's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I can tell he's just like, he has a good heart. And I'm put with him to then yell at him. And I was like, absolutely not. And he finally looked at me and he was like, you're paying way too much. And you've invested way too much to be here to not yell at me right now. Like, mm-hmm. pretend I'm seriously a bad guy. And I was like, okay. And so I finally did. By the second day, we're all in these like motorcycle helmets in the dirt in something called a thunder dome, which is basically just we all form a circle around the people in the middle to make sure that the people in the middle don't like dive out of the 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 safe area because like beyond our thunder dome was like there were hills and like we had, there was a like a place where there was a shed on the side, so if like someone were to run into the shed, it could harm them. So yeah. it was a way to like keep people safe and also like get a good view of like the entanglements going on and the simulations that Craig would run. So I feel like I'm rambling at this point, all of that to say, I got to a point where I was a little bit more comfortable addressing people. And then by the time I had to get physical and fight someone in a motorcycle helmet in the Oklahoma summer heat with a pistol in my hand, uh, that actually shot like practice rounds, not practice rounds, excuse me, simulation simulation rounds. Thank you. Yeah. So basically like paintball rounds, Yeah. And, uh, once I got to that, I felt pretty comfortable and maybe even felt confident, but again, incredibly humbled, like never, ever, ever like wanted to be in a fight after that. Not that I wanted to before, but I was kind of cocky. It was like that, like bliss of ignorance. Like I've got this, like someone approaches me, like I've, I've, I've got this right. But like, hell no, like no, 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 no. And like, not even one ECQC can truly, truly prepare you for something like that. It, it just, it takes practice repetition and maybe even returning to a class like that. So yeah. did that answer your question? Yeah. And it brings, um, a point up that
0: I have long contested that I think women struggle on the competition side of stuff. They struggle in my like concealed carry classes. And I don't know if you see this in aggressivity is you've kind of mentioned it it is like you're forced outside your comfort zone. You're told to yell at these people and that's what you're supposed to do. And it's, and you're just doing this out practice and you know, it's coming right now. Why does it take women? Like if they're a mom, it takes somebody attacking their kid for that to, to automatically come out of them. Right. So it's something that's like part of just who we are as human beings and evolution is like we protect our, our family or what have you you know, me, I'm not a mom, not don't have anything protective other than myself, but I'm very aggressive about like protecting my space. So it, and it it's the same thing with competition is I don't see women move as fast or get the gun up as quickly or, sh- you know, attack targets as fast because we don't have that n- natural aggression. I don't say we as an all, but I don't know if you see that where it's like this timid, like nature that women have, it can be pulled out. But most of the time too, especially when it comes to concealed carry, I can't get women to carry a gun unless they have something to protect or they it finally clicks in their head of why protecting themselves matters, so that they can keep themselves alive for xyz purpose right it's like why does it take that sort of pushing to get that out of women versus men they just pull it out
1: you know on the spot right Right. absolutely i think a lot of it is that we have a hard time i think just as a species learning from other people's experiences and the classic example is like growing up my mom would tell me all about her crazy you know like ex-boyfriends and you know learn from me but she would always tell me but if you learn yourself that's okay because experience while it's a crappy teacher is sometimes the best teacher and so that's why courses like that made from Craig Douglas those made from Craig Douglas are so um kind of like just forward thinking because he's simulating experience and what he's trying to do is eliminate the factor of experience having having to be your only teacher and um cuz experience for people like police officers is like getting shot you know it's it's there's death on the table there's like other people's serious bodily injury on the table so simulating that and turning it into something that people can practice beforehand is just transcendent to the world of safety and that's why it's so important to find people like that and train with them if you can i mean there is a financial uh commitment there's a time commitment if you have kids you know there's i'm not saying i'm not in, ignorant to the idea that everyone everywhere can go right. um but if you can seize that opportunity and you're exactly right we do have trouble finding our voices i think we are pr- prided is that the, is that a word Uh, we'll we'll make it
0: one (laughs) they're gonna hate us we'll make it one if it's not right right it is now
1: (laughs) we are told from a young age especially as girls to like value our like almost like quiet and feminine nature that like nurturing loving nature and men are encouraged to like harbor that aggressive nature that's you know they're put into sports like football and and wrestling to almost like bring that out in them. And so when we're put in a role where our life depends on using our voice, it, no wonder we're so quiet. And, um, some, uh, I, let me just say, there were a lot of men at that course that had trouble yelling at me and it could have been cause I was a female, but like I looked around too. And like, even men against men, like especially the guy I was working with and we don't, we haven't kept in touch. I honestly couldn't, I couldn't tell you his name. I know exactly what it looks like if I saw him again, but, uh, he was shaking like he was yelling at me, but he was like straight up shaking. And I remember being like, Oh, cool. Like I'm not the only one and it's not just women. So yeah. Yeah.
0: I just see more of that. I would say on the timid scale or the non-aggressive when you're telling someone like in a male Perspective normally, like they just pick it up. And I, I mean, that's been my experience with like the teaching of the classes, especially with couples, is like I almost have to separate them, and be like, listen, like I have one day with you, I have eight hours with you to train you on what you need to know and remember and do if you ever use this. And it could be the last and the only firearms training that they ever get. That's one of the frustrations I have is where are the lifelong learners? I, again, Financial burden, time aspect, but I think personal safety should be a priority in some capacity. It doesn't have to be gun related, it could be what you do with martial arts and that that stuff. But
1: yeah, I don't I don't know why it takes longer. Yep, absolutely. I think it's just changing what societal norms have taught us from a young age. And I think that narrative is changing a little bit, like yeah. in present day. So maybe we can outrun a little bit of that at some point but until then practice is our best friend and simulated experience is an ally so yeah
0: yeah now i know uh we talked about you starting with live fire app i'm actually curious because you're in this yes. now behind you are. There. um what's been your first like couple days uh working there and what have you learned that you need yeah. to work on now
1: oh my gosh well first of all this is i'm gonna use a total like gen z word this is a dopest job ever <laughs> <laughs> i like Just a few days in and I truly I couldn't be more excited to be here. So for those of you that don't know, LiveFire is an app that is essentially transcending online training, making it available to anyone anywhere with instructors like Mike Seeklander and uh, more to come that are going to basically be able to upload their courses to LiveFire and you can pay a subscription to have access to all of these courses from anywhere in any and also like as much training as you want when um, you know, that training can be so expensive and also like very far from you. So it's really just bringing training to everyone and also creating a community for gun lovers because we are being shunted into the oblivion on meta. Mm -hmm. Um, Excuse my like weird language. It's later in the day. I'm a little tired, but um, so I'm just like throwing these weird words out there, but we (laughs) we're like being put, it's almost like they're trying to get rid of us. Like they want us off their apps is, that, is what it feels like. And I mean, I'm not going anywhere. I hope we're not all going anywhere, but live Fire is fighting that by creating their own social media platform in the app that you can also translate over to Instagram and vice versa. You can, uh, you can repurpose content, all of that. And they're going to have features very similar to that of like Facebook groups as well. So the community aspect of it is going to have like everything you like from Instagram and Facebook combined, as well as accountability for training. Because of that group feature, you can check in with your people if you have goals and you have maybe someone um, like you, Kenzie if you wanted to start a group of like dry fire with for three gun, you could do that and check in with the people that follow. Um, you'll have that availability or opportunity in the app and lastly, they have things like a shot timer and a logbook in the app for you, so that you can train anywhere and like personally. So, like my husband is a paramedic; he sleeps at sleeps during the day. I have to dry fire during the day when I do dry fire. Just I'm working on that. I shouldn't. I shouldn't do that. But um, when he's sleeping, like I'll put the live fire app in my AirPods and click the timer. I don't have to do that. Like use the like loud ass timer I use on the range in my home and then it logs my rounds for me and I can I can just count how many uh, repetitions of dry fire I've done put it in the app post it and then get feedback from the community it's just like this all-in-one app and you know when I first heard of it I was I was a little skeptical and I think that's normal nowadays just because there's so many there are so many different apps out there and like it's almost like even for the firearms community we've pretty much found our place on Instagram and and um yeah it's nowhere to be found. <laughs> no I know exactly and so it's kind of like we're here already we're used to it yeah we have to kind of play the game of meta so like what's up with this app but truly though like when i started looking into it and i sat down with the ceos and like met the team like man i felt like a dumbass forever like ever questioning it and like i i just truly think it's going to change change the tone um and there are some really cool things coming out that I can't release yet but if you follow them on Instagram uh they will I'll be posting because that's my job with them um all those updates awesome. soon so there's my long-winded answer no that's great is there something you think you'll look into
0: yeah absolutely i mean yeah my accountability is like i tell people this is like i know my accountability to myself is like not where it should be and it's never going to be where while i'm doing what i want to do right now like right okay but, having the community um there's the other one ballistic bos like boss but the um the gals created this do you know marcy i don't i feel like i'd remember that name she's created an online community so yes. Yeah, so i say all this, this is a long-winded answer is that these apps are the ones that I actually want to be on so live fire app sounds awesome um her she's created a female community on an app and she puts in like questions every month and people can converse and have their own conversations. But then she does challenges. So like July, she had a challenge about draw, reload, shoot one and go show your target, be in the alpha or score the targets and had different levels of shooters. So like beginners could do it, um, you know, intermediate shooters and experts. And then she pulled the winners with the fastest times in those different categories and like gave out prizes. Mm -hmm. So she has sponsors. Yeah. And they do live sessions with um, different companies to tell them about holsters here and tell them about firearms or what have you so she's created this wow. this is new um that's why like it's still growing and i'm excited because it's something that like i've been in there given feedback answered some questions um gotten involved in that way and so those are the the apps that i'm interested in especially again the accountability check right it's like i probably yes. do the drive i need to and that's okay but if i can go in there and be like all right i'm stuck in that xyz what's wrong with my draw, what's wrong with the reload, like, let's pick this apart. So I think just yeah. contributing to and giving back to, like, I'm not an expert shooter, I would say, but I'm I'm an expert in like experience, I would say shooting so far. Gotcha. So yes. like having an app that I can give back to is something I'm interested to.
1: Oh my gosh, yes. And actually, that's, <laughs> that sounds almost exactly like something we're coming out with this week. So <laughs> <Love> <laughs> I think, uh, is she on her, is she on uh, Instagram? Is that where she does that? Yeah, so she
0: has a page set up for the women's ballistic BOS. And then um Marcy's on there as well. She shoots a SIG. She just started diving into competition shooting. She was at SHOT Show. I'm I t- this is an ad for Marcy, but I'm so excited because I just right? adore her. um What's her I got- handle? Um oh god, why I- don't I have that memorized? Sorry, so- I want to look her up while we're chatting. So her name is spelled M-A-R-C-E-E. Um, let me make sure I have the Instagram handle right. True yeah marcy and then dot m-a-e yeah i have that right i always remember how to spell her first name but i always forget what the dot m-a-e is but um so she's created that she's working with some companies and growing that platform and she uses i think it's called mighty is the app so it's not like their own app but you can build little communities within that app um yeah absolutely So I think the more I say all this and I'm just going to leave this in here, honestly, but I say all this stuff because the apps that are creating content that are giving value that have the technology aspect behind it as well are very helpful for our community because I was just having this conversation the other day. I already saw your post that you are shadow banned. Welcome. I've been there a year. Yes. Join the club. Um, and you're asking people to (laughs) engage and share and comment and like, that'll, that'll help. It's not going to go unfortunately very far, I think. And so we as a community are going to have know. to start looking backwards and saying, okay, yeah. we need to start reading newsletters again, reading maybe print magazines or digital magazines. We need to look to the apps that are created on platforms that are not going to suppress them or go, go directly to the websites and read articles that are on there. So we're not losing this. Every, every bit of information we used to collect in social media, it's not going to be there anymore. So right. I say all that because we do need to create these different platforms for people to go get information
1: from. Absolutely. I, man, you're going to love it. You're (laughs) going to love it. Um, I'll keep you, I'll, I'll text you if it's not like, um, if I don't see that you've seen it already, but there's some really cool features coming out and, um, yeah, we'll talk about it more off air. So yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Stay
0: tuned people. Um, yes, we didn't, uh, discuss this in the last time we were talking. So we're going to throw this out there. Let's do it. All right. 5 years, 10 years and a lifetime. What are <laughs> Sophia's goals as of right now in this time and space for
1: that? That's so <laughs> funny. So, I always ask my Did I ask you? I asked you this, damn it. I asked you this on my <laughs> podcast. Okay, so you throw it back. Um I actually love this question. I really do. Um I joke that it's stressful, but so for those that don't know, I dropped out of med school and I can't remember if I said this in part one of this episode. <laughs> but um, I dropped out of medical school. I had originally gone kind of trying to pursue the pursue the dreams of my family. Um and you know, looking back, there really wasn't any intense pressure. They weren't like do it or, you know, you'll be unhappy. It was kind of just like my father is a doctor. He's a great doctor and working with him really inspired me to look into medicine. When I started getting interested, he was like my number one supporter and um now he's my number one supporter for what I'm doing and that's been a big transition. I won't go into that, but Um, you know, before it was to be a primary care physician by the age of like 20, 30 mm -hmm, and have my own practice by like 32. So the fact that like, not even a year ago I was in med school and now I'm like, this is my third week with live fire, like officially probably like my first true week of like work work um you know we're just trying to we were trying to figure out what I'm uh, like doing here the past two weeks um we've gotten that figured out i'm now like i love the team we're almost like already a family like they've accepted me 100% they they know that i they value me and like i'm also about to get to work with mike Seeklander really closely so like i'm excited to grow as a shooter myself and an instructor cuz he's told me that he's willing to be kind of my mentor with instructing. So I really feel like I'm on this like um in like finding nemo the like the do you know what I'm talking about the current the australian current, current. Yeah, shoved <laughs> you out now you're like all exactly. right,
0: exactly. Go, crush. I feel like
1: exactly. I actually feel like I'm in the current in like the best way ever. Like before I was just kind of floating in the deep blue like what the hell yeah. am I going to do with my life? Like yeah. And it was, I kept telling myself, this is a good place to be. This is a good place to be because I didn't know what the hell I was doing next. I even like had a whole call with you and I was like, I think we were going to record it and we ended up talking and I was like, (laughs) I asked you questions about like what you do because like I was kind of considering doing kind of more like what you do with like a lot of just like freelance, freelance, freelance and um, which correct me if I'm wrong, that's kind of your dealio.
0: I own the the marketing firm, yeah. And then on the side is like I pick up the writing gigs, like really aren't yeah, set. It is all one hundred percent um un what's it called? When you don't have it like confirmed that you will be paid every month a certain amount (laughs) once. it's not
1: traditional
0: variable income yeah It's yeah. yes it's great yes it's just um this whole year I, I I didn't want to digress but just whole years ups down it's great it's a blessing I get to do what I want to do but it is right. not easy so when you were talking about me with that I'm like yo it's possible um it's possible but I grew mine on the side of working full-time then quit my job but it's like <laughs> you know yeah. how big of a risk do you want to take and and how Absolutely. hard do you work <laughs> yeah.
1: right Yes, and I like I. That's what I kind of meant. Like you were talking to me about the freelancing side, and um, you you pointed out all the the good and the bad and the ugly. And um, I I thought about it. I really thought about it. And Live Fire and I were still talking about me coming in and working with them. And I was like, I basically was like, okay, I had like contingency plans, but I was like, I want to see what Live Fire is like truly about. I would just want to meet them in person and get like a good idea of their like workflow and if they truly care about firearms training or if this is just like a, you know, marketing deal. And when I showed up, I mean, it just like everything hit me. I was like, Oh my God, I meant to be here. This is it. And so I guess to answer your question, five years from now, I would have, I will have, I will, (laughs) what's wrong with me. I would like to have my niche, like, I guess better established my page has always been to show all sides of concealed carry weapons-based entanglement, um, a little bit of competition shooting, sprinkle of that, uh, concealment technique, uh, home defense, all that stuff. So I'd like to get to a place where like my page does represent all of that, but that I can be kind of an, an expert on one of those subject matters to just truly teach and lean into that, see whichever one of those kind of niches is lacking representation from a female and instruction from a female or just in general. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm hoping by then I have some type of course where I can show what I've learned in that time. I'd like to train with so many people. I have a long list of people I want to travel and train with. And lifefire is really supportive of that. So I, I'm just excited to grow as a shooter, as a prepared citizen. And um, I'm excited for she shield to become a, a staple in people's like weekly um kind of like car rides and and education all in one and um I I don't see that ever stopping I might cut back on the amount of episodes a month just to like just depending I don't know but I, I that would not be ideal but I don't know why I put that in there but and then man 10 years is a <sighs> it goes by fast I'd like to have a family <laughs> at some point. And, uh, you know, that's not even something I want to think about right now, but, um, I'll probably have to throw a family in there. So (laughs) that's, that's, man, that's (laughs) all I got for you. I'm, I'm really wanting to take live fire to the next level with outreach and engagement and, um, just have this like really great flow, uh, and team of like people that help me create content. I'd like to get to where, and this is the last thing I'll say, I'd like to get to where, like, I'm truly just like, the the subject of uh the recording or the voice of the recording and then everyone does the editing and posting for me because that part is just so at the end of the day it can be a lot and um i want to get to a point where i have i do have a team and it's almost like semi semi automated process of getting content out to the public nowadays it's like hit or miss with who sees your shit online so it's like can't fixate too much on one thing so i'm kind of starting to build that team already now so long-winded answer I'm sorry I wish I would have no. thought about that more I should have yeah. known you were going to throw it back at me because I don't even think we talked about you asking me that I can't remember so nope. Just yeah
0: they're sprinkled in there um Ooh-hoo. and uh one more thing while I have you because I, I didn't want to miss this opportunity so um depending on when this comes out but I got to see your post again about your weekend show attack girl Michelle in <sighs> some really gross weather um meeting yes. extra extra hot and I didn't want to laugh it's not a laugh at you it's laughing because I've been there and yeah uh, not that you don't know but it's like you know now or at least know better is like how much hydration how much like caloric surplus how much like sleep and like everything involved in just and you were there for a one day match right it was local yes it
1: was just one I <laughs> well
0: <laughs> I say just one but it's still hot so and I shoot these all over the country with two day and three day events and a lot of multi gun for sure and some USPSA and, and what and even PRS two day matches and it doesn't sound like PRS does much but guys I walked like ten miles the last two day match uh, each day and you're carrying a thirty five pound rifle a twenty five pound if not more backpack the the support bag alone is fifteen pounds and yeah. I left like just feeling beat up bruised dehydrated but this is constant where like even the best people the 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 most in shape people just forget like you have to prepare pre but like pre yes days in advance even for
1: a local even for something like that and you need to stay on top of things so what did you learn oh jesus christ that's a great question um and i i literally cannot imagine that with more walking and more weight because damn i showed up thinking you know it's gonna be hot there's gonna be shade though, and there will be a breeze. So, yeah. oh my god, I almost fell. Um, <laughs> I'm on like a, a kind of a small stool. <laughs> um, anyway, not really helping my case here, but yeah, I I really thought I was like I got this. I'm I'm just gonna go in the go in the shade, enjoy the breeze. It's gonna be okay. I brought like half a gallon of water, like not even a whole gallon. <laughs> I show up and I step out of my car and I'm immediately hit by like the heat and the lack of airflow. Mm-hmm. in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Tacro Michelle walks up. We hadn't even met in person yet. And we didn't even like hug each other or even say anything. We just looked at each other and we we're like, Oh my God, it's so hot. Like we just couldn't. <laughs> and then I was like, Oh, hi, like nice to officially meet you. But we were both on the same page. We were just, we were almost stunned. And you know, she's, uh, I won't, I was going to say something, but actually that's her personal information. But um she, what, my point is she was having a lot more trouble that day than me for other reasons. But um she was she came more prepared and she was still as hot as me um she had this little cart that she rigged it was a stroller and then she put her and I'm sure you have something like it and she put a pvc pipe to have an umbrella and I she was like throw all your stuff on and I was like thank god because I would not have made it without that like I would have had to like I don't know man like oof so I've learned that for the summer and I learned the winter stuff I got the winter stuff down pat like I've gotten that like figured out. But this, I realized I need a big umbrella, a stroller of my own for my own umbrella. Cause I don't know if I could share, I'm going to be honest with you guys. <laughs> um, a DeWalt like travel outdoor, sturdy, long lasting fan that blows crazy air. Um, at least a gallon of water With electrolytes in that and maybe even some mineral drops. I like to add mineral drops to my water every day anyway. So just a little bit more of those. And then because I drink bougie water that's been hella filtered. So it doesn't have like any minerals in it at the point, you know, that I put in my water bottle. And then I honestly couldn't eat. It was so hot. I didn't even think I couldn't think about eating. But definitely like smaller snacks, maybe even like those like Gatorade carbohydrate cubes that they make. I'm in prep. So that's kind of tough for me. But like, if I wasn't tracking calories, I probably just pop those in all the time. And then, um, I would say the biggest thing is an ice chest for your cooling rags. And then just throw like 10 cooling rags in there and switch them out. I kept having to like, use my water with ice in it that had already melted to pour onto my cooling <laughs> rag. So <laughs> I learned, and I forgot to put sunscreen on my face, which is crazy. Cause I like I'm sunburned. I don't know if you, I'm a little red right here and I refuse to put makeup on it because I know it'll be itchy and then I'll be scratching it. But man, did I learn that like you, you have to be ready for that in all weathers. And if you're, if you're new to the game, like you don't know that, like no one really told me how bad that could get. And so I'm, I hope anyone listening, you have more subject matter expertise on the area. I, I just learned from my mistake, man. I almost passed out, did not shoot well. Honestly, I don't even know if I'm going to look at my scores.
0: You didn't look happy and I Mm -hmm. I felt really 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 hard for how I know what you were feeling like I felt it and I've been that situation time and time again in the dumbest places like where I've gone to Minnesota um I've gone to uh, well in Tallahassee it was like 112 was my first match and (gasps) first match ever and I stayed the whole day waited just to shoot one stage for like eight hours because gs excuse me yeah but I I wanted to shoot and like nothing was gonna stop me. But like and I and I don't that. know. Again, you're really good on nutrition and exercise and all that. So like I don't know either too. Like what your post match felt like, but like waking up the next day, like especially while and I'm thirty, but like you feel like you got hit by a train. You're definitely dehydrated. You need to like get up and move and yes. stretch and stuff. And so like I'm telling you guys, if you're wanting to shoot competition. Even if it's a local, but like, especially major matches, you've got days you need to prepare in advance, overhydrate, eat a caloric yes. surplus. Even if you're in your little exercise thing, honestly, you're yes. going to burn it off. And then um, post match is just as important. So a lot of people kind of forget that. And you have to eat. You do have to force yourself to eat. And again, small snacks, energetic stuff. I do have the Gatorade, like, chews, the waffle snack thingies. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. And then, like, good. first form meat sticks. I mean, you have to think about yes. the small stuff that you, and even if you don't, you're not hungry like
1: you need to be eaten (laughs) because it it absolutely yeah absolutely and as far as like fitness goes that that was all exactly right like you're almost training for a marathon so like carb loading in a way and because you won't want to eat when it is when you're there so like being at a place where like you have a little bit of like energy stored and then you can kind of like small doses with things (laughs) like the the meat sticks or the um like crackers or like you said, the, the chewy Gatorade thingies. That's absolutely true. Hydration occurs before. Um, it's, you, you kind of feel like you're feeling you're getting more hydrated when you're drinking, when you're already dehydrated, but it's truly like, it takes time to get into your system. So, um, that's, there's so much truth to that. And sleep is so important. I mean, down to just temperature regulation, like maintaining, you know, um, homeostasis, right. Uh, sleep is incredibly important for that. And As far as like sustenance goes, high protein snacks to like keep you at feeling fuller throughout the day and sustaining your energy, especially because you won't want to eat in that heat. At least I didn't. So yeah, those were all really great points. Kind of it's the same thing as it's like any sport. And I would say it's more similar to like a sprinting match than anything. And they have to sprinters prep. In a very similar, if not identical, fashion to endurance trainers, uh, other than the caloric surplus, like you mentioned, that would probably be the biggest difference. Yeah, um, and, and of people. course the way they train. Make sure yes. you eat pickles.
0: Pickles for life. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, because of the salts. Yeah, no, I love there, pickles. Not- but seriously, yeah, runners and people that cramp up, they drink the pickle juice. But that just salt really? helps you get hydrated more. But then the pickles yeah. are, are better for. It. It's not great for you because the sodium's high. Right, right. Say, Pickles do the trick in really extreme heat. So, um, Absolutely. And I have to ask, too. I know it was tough. No, know it was hard. But what was it like getting to hang out and shoot with Tech Girl Michelle?
1: Yeah. I It was lovely. She's incredible. She's kind and funny, high energy, encouraging. And, uh, you know, she makes a friend out of everyone she meets. So yeah. meeting her in person after talking with her for so long is great. We originally were connected via Walther. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we hadn't met in person and, um, I'm probably like three times her size. And so our <laughs> pictures we took are hilarious. Um, we're so different proportionally. I'm a very tall woman and, um, uh, I'm not sure of her exact height, but she, she's a bit small. She's very muscular and her personality yeah. is very big. So like, I never felt like she was as small as our yeah. pictures showed, but like, if you go and see the cover photo on my page, the size disparity is huge. It's hilarious. So, um, that was kind of that was amusing and um otherwise we actually had a like a range mom and dad there was this couple that like took care of us the whole time so we like bonded with them the whole time and they let us use their their fans that they packed for them but they put it on us a few times because we were like just Mm -hmm. leaning over ridiculous at one point I borrowed their ice borrowed their ice to just like stick down my shirt because I needed some relief I needed it yeah that's awesome that's awesome Yes.
0: I know we've had, uh, for people listening, a part one, a part two, uh, but is, yes. there anything, is there anything in this podcast that I forgot to mention you wanted to talk about or wanted to leave people with that we haven't talked about?
1: Yeah, we have had quite a few parts. We've also had like 10 pre-parts because yeah. I think one conversation we hopped on and I think I talked about like stuff for like an hour and then one I, you hopped on and talked about some stuff. And then by the end, we were both like, hey, let's just <laughs> reschedule. And today I was like, fuck no, I'm not rescheduling again. So I'm glad we made this happen. Um, I guess the last thing I'll say to people is uh, about going back to the kind of like combative training portion of guns. It's not as sexy of a concept. It doesn't get a lot of publicity in the, you know, in, on the social media platforms that we're all on. Um, But that doesn't mean it's any less important. And I think that's a common misconception. Um, There is so much truth to like ignorance being bliss until it's not until you're confronted with the ugly truth. And my goal is to get people to see the need for it now, not through fear based tactics, but through like education, that the, the prevention of things like that, because experience is a bad teacher, is just the most important thing. And Um, not kind of like letting people get too comfortable in the illusion that it's all about concealed carry outfits and Mm -hmm. even competition shooting, um, because you're never going to run at someone and shoot them at, you know, 10 yards away. You, you would just go to prison. So like, it's kind of like orienting yourself, being honest with yourself, ask yourself like, okay, if someone ran up to me right now and ambushed me, do I feel like I could take them on or is my outfit just is my outfit just cute and my firearms tucked away and I'm not printing like that's not enough. And it sucks to tell people that because I, that's probably the majority of stuff on my page. So like, I kind of feel like a hypocrite, but my goal is to introduce more of that. So if you would like to see that head over to my account, it's FIT, the number four and FIA. I'm sure you'll link it. Um, But I'll be there. And then I'm hopefully going to be able to see you soon. So you might see Kinsey on my page. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I love what you're doing. And congratulations on over 100 episodes. That's insane to me. I'm at 56. (laughs) And I feel like I've been doing it for years. So Jesus, (laughs) even though it's only really been like, a year and a half. I don't know. But yes, congratulations on that.
0: Well, same to you. Oh my gosh, on all the accomplishments, um, well, I don't, I don't know where to begin on explaining. I know we talked about this last podcast, so we didn't record because that's on me, but you are making a huge difference in females like me that take herself seriously, keep clothes on, work really hard, and it shows um and it's value added and i'm really proud of the companies that are continuing to work with you because those are the companies i want to see you know doing well so proud of you thank you um, thank you yes thanks for using your voice and everything and, and the Absolutely. she shield podcast will be at 100 no time and no time. yes
1: <laughs> no time uh, i'm not ready for it but we okay. will blink
0: in your five-year goal and be like i'm at 300 episodes." that's hilarious <laughs> yes <laughs> that sounds great true well, listeners, thank you for tuning in. This was really special to me. Go follow Fit for Fia, um, and also uh, we didn't mention it, but do you want to say your um, username for your actual
1: fitness stuff that you do, working with personal tra- as a sure. personal trainer? Absolutely. I'm actually currently not taking on any more clients from okay. right now. That might change by the time someone reaches out, but Live Fire is going to consume a lot of my time. But if you do want fitness content and you have questions that are fitness specific, um, you can absolutely head over there. It's F I a FIA underscore fitness F I T N E S S. And then she shield is at she shield pod like podcast. So thank you. Yeah. All right, listeners
0: stay tuned and be sure to, to listen to the she shield podcast where I come on Sophia's as well. Um, and be sure to like subscribe, follow and do all the things on social media, but thanks for listening and stay tuned next week for an all new episode. Thanks for listening to the Redicle up podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Follow along on social media at Up or 3GunKenzie.